Hello, this is Lorenzo Della Foresta, and I'm the lead pastor at River's Edge. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for joining us. I hope this talk inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you. Today is the continuation of a spiritual conversation that has been taking place between you and Jesus. I'm certain that you'll be blessed by His Word, and I believe that God has great things in store for you because you already belong. Enjoy the message. Welcome to week two of the series Unburdened, and we are going to be talking about feeling differently. Last week we looked at seeing differently, and we're talking about unburdening ourselves by using the hardships of this life, which we know that are steady and pretty common for all of us. They are things that we can most certainly not avoid. They will come. And Jesus told us that we would have trouble in this life. And so we need to be prepared to face these trials. And God wants us to live a life that is unburdened. But there are so many things that can weigh us down. And what we're learning is how to use those hardships as power to propel us forward instead of allowing them to hold us back. And what Jesus does is that he teaches us about these things through the stories that we are examining together in the scriptures. And today we're going to be looking at a story that is very familiar to most of us and maybe new to some of us. And I want you to be prepared to what God is going to be speaking to you about today. We are going to be looking at the storms of this life. And what better way to speak about storms than to talk about an actual storm in the scriptures. And we know that in Mark chapter 4, verses 35 to 41, the disciples and Jesus were on a boat going to a place where they were supposed to get rest. But on the way to finding rest, they ended up in a great storm that everyone believed that they were going to perish. Unfortunately, the one person who could do something about it was asleep. And that person was Jesus. Did you ever feel like you were going through something and no one else seemed to care as much as you? It seemed like when you talked about it or as you lived it and as you were obviously anxious and obviously very, very distraught over it, it seemed like the people around you were just kind of like not caring as much as you. Well, that's the precise situation that the disciples were in. When the storm came, Jesus kept sleeping. And so the question then was, why and is, why would Jesus do this? When Jesus got up, eventually woken up by the disciples, he rebukes the wind and the waves and he does this because they ask a very important question. The question is, don't you care that we're going to drown? So as the storm raged, Jesus slept, and the disciples questioned. And many times we are burdened because we are questioning whether or not Jesus is there. We are questioning whether or not Jesus cares, whether or not Jesus will come to our rescue. And those doubts lead to, obviously, our fear and it leads us to carrying a weight that God does not want us to carry. And so this story is so important because as the disciples questioned, Jesus slept. 
and it seemed like he didn't care. But when he's woken up by the disciples, Jesus gets up and he rebukes the wind and the waves. And the Bible tells us that Jesus and the disciples all watched as the waves calmed and then turned to the disciples. Turning to the disciples, Jesus asks these questions. Why are you afraid and do you have no faith? Now think about this. Why are you afraid and do you still have no faith? Those are tough questions to be asking in a moment where it seemingly appears at first glance that they don't make any sense in the circumstances in which they're in. I mean, this would make sense if they weren't in a storm and if the boat wasn't going to be crushed by the waves and were capsized and all of them perishing at sea. The storm that they were in, the seasoned fishermen, frightened them. This is not just any ordinary storm. This is the kind of storm where they know that they're going to lose their life. And yet Jesus asks them these two questions. Why are you afraid? Like, I have to really explain this. Why am I afraid? I mean, look at the diagnosis that I just got. Look at the news that I just heard. Look at the report that I've just received. Look at this bailiff's letter that I just got. Look at all the conditions and the circumstances around me that are telling me that my life is about to get much harder. Look at the text message that I just got. Look at this email that I just uncovered. Look at all the situations and circumstances that we can live through and imagine and hear other people going through. And when Jesus asks us in those moments, in those times of our life, why are you afraid? I mean, shouldn't the answer be obvious? Do you still have no faith that that's not fair? I mean, why don't you ask me this when things are going well, when I'm not fearing for my life, where I don't feel like the earth has just opened up underneath me, where I don't feel like I have any protection, and where I am in a place where I have absolutely no peace, where what I love most, someone is threatening to take away. And, and you know this feeling, this feeling of, of complete helplessness and and, and the burden that that is upon your life. And what God is saying is that I want you to learn how to live an unburdened life in those exact circumstances. Because see, I, I want you to know that while this seems unreasonable, Jesus is saying, hey, why weren't you napping with me? Or why weren't you so at peace that you couldn't also sleep through the storm. Now, when things are troubling us, I don't know about you, but I know that for myself, when things are troubling me, I have a hard time laying my head to rest. I have a hard time sleeping. I'm, I'm kept up by the worry and the concerns of this life. Sometimes I have to do other things, and we turn to our phones, for example, in the middle of the night, try to get ourselves to fall back asleep, and sometimes that doesn't work. We decide that we're going to watch a show. Have you ever considered reading the scriptures? Have you ever considered praying in those moments? Turning to God and saying, God, help me in this storm. Help me in the circumstance of my life. Help me to find peace in my mind and in my heart. And what we're trying to do is that we're trying to will ourselves back to sleep. We're trying to will ourselves away from the burden. We're trying to will ourselves through the storm. And, and we have come to all recognize and realize 
that even distractions are not enough in removing the burdens of this life. And, and so what Jesus does in the story that we are in is that he shows us that through the questioning, through the actual questions, that the one that we truly wrestle with every day in the hardships of this life is this most important question. Does Jesus really care that we are drowning? And, and honestly, that's what the disciples asked. Now the answer to that question and how you answer that question right now in this moment tells you everything you need to know about whether or not you are going to live a life that is burdened or unburdened. Right now, in the circumstances of your life, in the trials and in the hardships, in the most difficult time and season in which you are going through right now, ask yourself this question and be honest about the answer. Does Jesus care about the fact that you are drowning? If you are able to say, no, he doesn't care, then you understand why you're still burdened. But if you're able to answer, yes, he cares. That Jesus is not asleep, and even when it appears that he's asleep, he can get up in time and come to my rescue. Can you believe that for yourself today? I want you to resist the temptation that God won't come through for you. The Bible says this in Psalm chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. I lay down and slept. I woke again because the Lord sustained me. And I will not be afraid of many thousands of people who have set themselves against me all around as my enemies. Now imagine that this passage clearly says that I laid down and I slept. And the reason you are able to sleep is because you go to sleep trusting and believing that God's got this. That this is not something you need to will yourself through. This is something that you need to trust God through. That God is going to be the one who is going to allow you to have a restful night's sleep. He's going to awake you and he's going to sustain you and he's going to deliver you from all your enemies. Now, God doesn't remove our need to trust. What God does is he teaches us how to trust. And that's what happens in this entire exercise that the disciples are going through on the boat. Now they're questioning like we question. God, do you care that we're drowning? How can you be asleep? Like when are you going to come and rescue us? And Jesus is saying, the wind and the wave will not take you today. He rebukes them, calms them, and makes it so the disciples understand the power that Jesus actually has. And he wants them to trust in Jesus like never before. And that's why they exclaim, who is this that the wind and the waves 
should obey him. On that day, they discovered the true power of Jesus. And maybe that's what's missing in our lives, is that we haven't discovered that true power just yet. Maybe it's because we believe in Jesus, but don't believe in his power to deliver, to rescue, to heal, to restore, to redeem, to renew. Do you believe in Jesus for all of those things? And I want you to recognize that trust only comes easily to children. I, I remember raising my kids and having dropped them once or twice. And then they still would stretch out their arms saying, take me, hold me. I feel safe with you. That was foolish. There was another chance I could have dropped them. Another chance I could have been distracted. If it wasn't for my fast reflexes, I, those kids would have landed on their heads more than once. But what I want you to see is that it didn't stop them from trusting me again. And I honestly believe that today when we talk about having faith like a child, there's a few passages that Jesus reminds us about what that's really like. I mean, Matthew 18.3 says, And truly I say to you that unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. He's talking about an absolute trust. A trust like a child. Faith like a child. Look at, Matt, look at Luke uh, 18, 17. Truly I say to you that whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. Jesus is reminding us that that is the kind of faith that we are to have. We had it once, which tells me that we can have it again. Which requires us to abandon our fears and to trust, and to trust, and to believe that God will be there to catch us every time we jump. Your weighed down feelings can easily be tracked down to mistrust, and that's what happened to the disciples in the story, and, and that's what happens to us. You see, trusting in God has to be fueled by more than just the willpower we have to know the benefits of what it looks like in trusting him. Now ask yourself this question, do I trust more in the tendency of things going wrong or more in God's willingness and ability to protect, provide, and deliver peace? I've been in conversations with people that whenever they've mentioned something, they have felt the urgent need to touch wood. I had someone actually leave the table that we were at and go and find wood to knock on it. They were just so consumed with the fact that they needed to do this because what they had said or what they wanted to avoid seemed to be dependent on this. I've never been uh, a, a superstitious type and I'm certainly not one today and I'm even less a superstitious type because of the fact that I put my full trust in God. But I can understand how we might want to just have the odds for us rather than not against us. We think that these things can somehow make a difference in bringing us good luck instead of more bad. We think that it could somehow protect us from seeing things or experiencing things. So we avoid certain things. You know, those things that we talk about that we actually come across a black cat and want to avoid it and not walk under ladders or avoid broken mirrors, those types of things. 
I, I think about all of those things and I think I don't need to throw salt over my shoulder and I certainly don't need to worry about anything like that because I put my trust in God. I, I don't need to be superstitious and I don't need to believe in luck when I've got something far better. I've got a God who created the universe, who sustains it in his hand, who has my life right there engraved in the palms of his son's hands and has made sure that our names are written in the book of life. That the promises that he has declared are promises that he wants to fulfill in your life every day. That he wants to bless you and multiply what he gives you because that is what a good father does. A father gives only good gifts. And while this world will do whatever it can to destroy us and our children, we have a father who is above it all, who is able to mitigate that, to halt that, to reverse that, and even to restore that. Believe right now that the God in which we are putting our faith in is not a God of luck. It's not a God of fortune. It's not a God of superstition. It's not a God who only seems to act when we are at our best. It is a God who will not ever renounce his name and go against the promises that he has made. And so today we can trust in him. Trust in God above all else. Trust in him above everything else. And in continuously invest your beliefs in God and not in anyone or anything else. When we get a bad report, we tend to look for an answer that is human before it is divine. We need to rethink and reframe our approach. We need to start going to God first and saying, God, I am coming to you first knowing that you will make a way, that you will open a door, that you will turn this to my benefit, that you will bless in spite of the hardship that I am facing right now. I need you to go to God with that attitude and that understanding. Because when Jesus asks the questions, why are you so afraid? The answer is, because I'm not trusting you, Father. I'm trusting in the good weather. I am trusting in the good outcomes. I am trusting in the good resources. I am trusting in the good people. I am trusting in anyone and anything else more than you. And so when Jesus asks, why are you so afraid? Then the answer is, God, I am afraid because I am not trusting you. But forgive me and help me to come back to you and to trust you so that I too can sleep in the boat and know that you've got this. God is ready to do that for you. And when we trust God, it's going to eliminate the need for fear because when we trust God, this is what happens. The power is taken out of bad news. When we trust God, the power is taken out of bad news. In Psalm 112, verse 7, it says, He is not afraid of bad news. His heart is firm because he trusts in the Lord. 
He is not afraid of bad news because his heart is firm and he trusts in the Lord. When we trust in God, we will be surrounded by love and by faith. Believe in his promises today. Believe in them for your life to be unburdened today as we would pray right now. Father, I thank you for every person that is watching, that is participating that has heard this message today in telling us how we are to feel differently in the hardships of this life and how we can truly be unburdened. I pray that what they have heard today can help them and encourage them and help all of us to move forward in a new way, putting our trust in you, not being afraid and not being people who put our faith in someone or something else other than you. We will believe in you, we will trust you, and we will see you perform the miracles that we need so that our life can be unburdened. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have an awesome week, and I look forward to seeing you next Sunday for Father's Day and the conclusion of this series, Unburdened. Thank you for joining us on the River's Edge podcast. I encourage you to take the message you have just received and allow it to go deeply into your soul. Let Jesus do the work that only he can do. A heartfelt thank you to all those that generously give to River's Edge and make this podcast possible. You too can be a part of spreading this message and creating life change all over the world by going to riversedge.life give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast. Thanks again for listening and God bless you immensely.